Well, actually, things are going real well with the XFL. I'm glad you asked. All sports canceled. Who the hell do you think you are? You know, my mantra is get these hands. Right now, I need everybody to wash these hands. Wash these hands. Wash these hands. I'm going to WrestleMania. Yeah, well, not anymore, you're not. We are. Oh, hello. That came in sooner than I thought it would. And I had to fade you back up. How are you? I am such a mark for our music. Every fucking week it pops me. Uh, that's good. It's good. Uh, thankfully, mm. we got permission for that. So I think I, I was going to steal it anyway, even <laughs> if they said no. But whatever. It's too good. Uh, it's just uh, Steve and Fitz. Steve and Steve in the evening, as opposed to the other time we did that one show in the morning for the laugh. Steve and Steve in the morning with your host, Steve and Steve. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah. Saturday morning podcasting? That was yeah. Weird. What did we do? Two weeks? Oh, that was that. That was a, a weird time in my life of, yeah. when are we doing podcasts? Is it Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon? What is what life? Was, Baby, what, don't why did we do that again? Uh, some people had weird shifts. Oh, yes. When me, Gordo, and Nick all worked together. <laughs> And we didn't yeah. think about how that would affect the podcast. <laughs> uh, if ever there was a you people promo, I deserve yeah. to have one at that time. Oh, boys. I think the, speaking of deserving to have one, we'll pop one, oh. I think. Oh, oh. Where's oh. my button? A libation. Puff of all. Oh, the bottle. Horrible noises. There we go. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely. Oh, baby. Oh, which number is that? Five? Touch, touch, please, touch. That uh, works. Yeah, I think it's do. number six. Oh, baby! There it is. Now I know. Now I know. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do. How are you, Fitz? I am delightful. Uh, it's been another long week, but, you know, three-day weekend, bitches, you know. Mm-hmm. Bank holiday. I only found out it was a bank holiday because it was trending on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, Do, do you oh, even God. know if it's Friday? I don't know what day I don't know if anyone in the chat or anyone listening back to the podcast version can comment or whatever like how are you dealing with having never I, I'm someone that a thing in Ireland is to go on a J1 or go traveling or something like that I've never done any of that I've been working since I was about 13 or 14 and then obviously full time since I was about 17 non-stop and I've never I've never taken any breaks or anything like that and I haven't worked in like six or seven weeks now maybe more I don't know what day it is. And I saw Bank Holiday. I'm like, yeah, well, every day is a bank holiday when you're furloughed. <laughs> what are you going to do? Nolan uh, is on shifts this week and he was like, I didn't even realize it was Friday today. Yeah. Because he's working nights while from home. It just makes no sense. Oh, man. That's fucking tough. Um, what yeah. can you do? I don't know. But apparently there's a pub in Galway where we live that are doing takeaway pints or delivery pints just to kind of novelty I guess just to get their name out there maybe keep keep money coming in here and there 
Um, literally, my mate had a man pull up to his house, opened the back of a van, and pulled pints for them, and drove off again. That's amazing. Like, is that not the idea of heaven? I, I, like, I mean, pint you're living to you. You're living large. That. I used to live beside. Um, I don't know what it's called now. It's one of these weird hipster fucking oxygen bar bullshit places now. But um, it used to be called the Goalpost down um oh yes going out down towards hedford road it has some fancy name now yeah it's in wookie yeah it's some fancy trendy pub now no. something like something stupid like that yeah um <laughs> but the gotcha. smoking area <laughs> well it used to be an old man pub like there was it was a big kind of football spot as well so hmm. um but you know the staff knew us by name and everything you know it was it was you know it was good times um but we used to go in there's a smoking area at the back which is basically right beside where our house was so yeah. we could just go in and just get a pint, walk out, and bring back the glass to them. It was magical. Nice. I remember people going, "Well, Whenever if you wanted a beer, there. yeah." It was like, "Well, if you wanted a beer, why didn't you just go buy a six pack and you could have much cheaper beers?" You were like, "Yeah, but it was a pint. It was a pint in your living room. It was an amazing thing." Like the, the old debate of you know what tastes nicer, a, a can of Coke or a bottle of Coke. Mm. It's like mm, both are wrong because it's the fountain of Coke. <laughs> yeah, the syrupy Coke. Yes. <laughs> And really, all of them—the glass bottles of Coke, the pub bottles—are are, are way nicer. Oh yeah, glass bottles, absolute king. Yeah. We can all agree that the plastic bottles are the worst. Yeah, depending if they're ice cold, I'm okay with it. But I don't know. Few and far between. That's the problem. You need now to actually how much bring it you, home. How much would you pay for a pint delivered to your home? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't really. I understand the novelty of it, but I the. F- financial side of it the economics of it make no sense to me when you could just go buy like a couple of cans or something or a couple of bottles yeah so pints i don't know because you're you're in a pub with other people socializing having pints it's you know pints are the the thing yeah. that bring people together rather than the, the thing you go for yeah and it's like what happens when you nobody goes for one beer it's like an unspoken mm. rule you go for two it's almost oh. impossible it has been done Legend says it happened one, once in I've the 30s. I've had to do it many a time when I was out driving. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you have one pint and you're like, oh, this tastes like more. But you can't. <laughs> you're, you're driving home and there's fucking loads of drunk people in the car and you're just like the most miserable mm-hmm. bollocks in the world because you're stone cold sober. And these fuckers are thinking, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Let's pull the handbrake. Away. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my car right now, you motherfucker. And that's why Fitz doesn't drink at OTT shows. <laughs> um, no, that's because Nick and Gordo were too lazy to fucking get a license, you bastards. And Nick did. And True. I never will, because I'm a townie and townies don't drive. <laughs> I bikes. Waiting for the Schleigo lads, huh? Schleigo boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, yeah, what else is going on in the world? Oh, yeah, they've closed off, like, the main kind of... Um, congregation spot I suppose you could say in Galway on a sunny day it's down by the Clada Spanish Arch that area it's literally closed fenced off yeah Um. so how many of these people getting takeaway pints are just going to kick that thing down around 10 o'clock <laughs> you know uh, could happen yeah. I don't think to be fair like from walking in around through town for the last couple of weeks people have been fairly respectful of you know what's going on and even just walking through Air Square, you have little pockets of people, but typically it's two to three people. And it, would, it did the rounds last week of our Prime Minister, Atisha Gleavaradkar, in, in the Phoenix Park, which is beside where he's currently staying. 
you know, him and his partner and two friends having a few cans. I was like, man, if I wasn't so political weird. at all, if I wasn't political at all, I would think this is an absolute dawn for being the leader <laughs> of a country and having the balls to go out and have a few cans with your mates on a very rare day off. I think that's fucking cool. I, I don't know. I think any prime minister, president, anything like that, they I think they're earning their money, a lot of them at the moment. So fuck it. Let them have a few cans in the park. Who cares? Absolutely. Jesus, the shit that they have to put up with, even on a normal day when things are going relatively well, top that off when you got literally a global pandemic crisis hitting every country in the world, mass unemployment, fucking huge issues. If you can take two hours out of your life to fucking de-stress and de-wind, fucking go for it. Oh god, yeah. Let him off. Who cares? Um, but yeah, like, you know, he drove two hundred miles and then drove forty minutes to test his eyesight or anything like that. <laughs> the Brits are at it. The Brits are at it. Big style this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and anything else going on with you, Fitz? How's life before we start talking about wrestling? Not a lot. Got an email from work today to say that they're reopening the office from next week, bringing people back in in phases. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. What? Yep. Uh, let me just, I'll read the first line of the email um, just so you can get a, a feel for what was actually the tone of it. It's like, or who I know it was. <laughs> um, hi, all. Hope you're keeping well. Thanks to you all for your ongoing efforts in keeping the business going during the lockdown period since late March. Together with your colleagues, you have done a good job we can be proud of what we're achieving during a very serious crisis. <laughs> a good job, apparently, huh? Got yourself a single pat on the back there, Fitz. How did it feel? Was it warm? Was it the right kind of impact you wanted on the top of your back? No, I, I wanted a little bit lower and a bit of cupping with it, you know. It's just, ah, it, ah. It, it didn't hit the spot, I'm not going to lie. It's just like, oh, it's just, you could feel it was said through gritted teeth. It's just like, you've done a... <sighs> Good job, I suppose. Um, Jesus Christ. Not to mention that, you know, our department was literally keeping the business going, but, you know, who am I to say what? But yeah, puts, it, puts you into a rather harsh perspective, the, the foothold that you're deemed within. Don't they don't care about your fits. Oh, HR, boy, that's true. HR is there to protect the company, not you. It's always mm. the way I'd have to look at it. <laughs> In a time where my friends are being told that work from home conditions will last till the end of the year we're being told we have to be herded back into an office like cattle within the next couple of weeks but you can go against that though can't you you can say no I'm not comfortable I don't think it will go very far personally so I will suss it out and see what the mood is but it's well you have you the trump card there mm -hmm. when you think about it you have oh we can say it can't we don't say who but there was there was a coronavirus case quite close to you <laughs> you, could, you could you could literally say well I was exposed to the coronavirus so why would you bring me back to the office you're using logic Steve ah of course yeah I haven't worked there in 8 months or something so that's true oh well um, so what you're saying is you're being bullied into coming back to work mm, pew segue so twitter um, Twitter, as we know, wrestling Twitter specifically is a toxic hellhole. Um, no one's a, no one's oblivious to this. It's yeah, up there. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it, absolutely. It's, not even, is, it's not even bullying. It's it's counter bullying. Bullying, if you know what I mean. 
So yep. there's people who get take offense to being bullied, and then there's people who bully people in defense of other people being bullied. It's yeah. a vicious circle. Like it's literally you are either being bullied or you are bullying somebody. There's no middle ground apparently. And that's the thing, like we um we're big fans of um wrestling soup as you're aware we're on their network um this an episode that mish and joe did about hannah kimura so hannah kimura i'm sure anyone listening to this has heard of what happened um it's 22 year old japanese wrestler who who committed suicide because she was being cyber bullied now it's not necessarily 100 percent clear whether it was definitely all wrestling fans um, because she was on a reality TV show where she'd pissed some guy off and then the reality TV stands had bullied her and blah, blah, blah. There's also the thing that Mish brought up about this Hafu thing. And I have to admit, haven't, I had never heard of this. This was never something um, I'd ever heard of. Um, so because she is not, what was it, pure blood Japanese or something was the whole thing? So Hafu means half Japanese means that you are of mixed race effectively so part japanese part other ethnicity and that means you are lesser in their eyes or in the eyes of more traditional japanese you're not in quotations pure yeah which is an insane notion then again you see what's happening in minneapolis at the moment and racism still lives but we'll talk about that in a minute um yeah um just check out uh, i think mish put it on the main soup feed so you don't need to be a patreon member or anything like that you'll get it on the wrestling soup feed um check it out um i don't know enough about it to talk about it i know fitz doesn't um mish does and and listen to what he says Mm. gives you a totally different perspective yeah he's able to go into it in a lot more detail than any of us really could because he's you know he has the experience of it being half japanese half hungarian i believe is the the mix that he comes from himself personally so he can speak from personal experiences of all that sort of stuff and him going back in his younger days exploring his background and his family tree effectively and the experiences he endured as a result of it trying to research his Japanese side of his family yep crazy um, crazy stuff and it's mad that the mainstream media and the, the dirt sheets of the likes of Ryan Satins and even the the Fifles and the SRS haven't even mentioned it even without trying to explain what it is the fact that they're not even mentioning it means they're either oblivious to it, don't understand it, or don't care. And you'd like to believe that it's the latter because the other two are just pure ignorance in that stage. I can completely claim ignorance here. I had never heard of this. It was something I was completely unaware of until I heard them talking about it. So but You're not a professional um, reporter. No. Would you respect? You know, they, oh, definitely are, not. Are, Jesus, no. Are, are clickbaiting <laughs> fucker mothers that, you know, yeah. they're career is to report factually on important news stories and after researching and listening to the rest of the soup and the other stories that were going around this seems to be the overriding factor of why she took her life more so than just any other bullying aspect this was the main driver of all the bullying that she received yeah and Um, it just seems mental that it's getting overlooked or talked down as a, a major influence on it all um, Rory puts in there Devitt and the Bullet Club played up to the racism against them as outsiders in Japan that was a whole big thing and um, he says wouldn't be surprised if that's why so many US and Canadian wrestlers went there under masks um, effectively like it, the, yeah. it, the, the term gaijin over there mm-hmm. effectively means outsider and yeah. you know we can't proclaim to be perfect in any respect you know the Irish hate the Brits for example and there's many other examples through history of 
people not liking other people for whatever reason and not being accepting of other people for whatever reason. So nobody's perfect in this grand scheme of things. But lads, it's fucking 2020. You see what's going on in America this week. You see what's happening all around the world right now. It's just, are we really that fucking barbaric that we can't just fucking put some fucking weird barbarian decisions that happened in the past that make no sense now just leave them in the past and move the fuck on I just don't really understand I can't understand it and it annoys me that I can't understand it because I want to understand it yeah it's um, I watched I was up late because I don't have you know I don't have to be up in the morning anymore and I was watching like a live stream of CNN as a police station burns I was like holy shitballs like this they could have stopped this and arrested those four pieces of shit cops days ago and that's why they didn't. That's why this is happening, is because now apparently uh, the main guy has been arrested now. Um, who's going to arrest him? His buddies that were there watching him do it. Yeah, it's insane. Like they were what? Like they the precinct was abandoned, um, and the cut the firefighters couldn't get in. They were they were on about the national guard this morning when I was watching it again. Um, this basically they've they have just taken over this area of the city. But like even Donald Trump is just fucking oh. literally there with a big petrol can and he's just throwing petrol straight on the fire, threatening to say that if the riots don't stop, that, you know, the guns will start. Leading the thing to he used was, cause, yeah, and he, he actually, the phrase he used was when the losing sh- starts, the shooting starts. I'm like, ah, here, you are literally calling people to arms there on top of yeah. threatening to mow down Americans. Like... And then he tweets out amazing. China in all caps and gets like 80,000 retweets or something. You're like, what is the fuck? What is going on over there? And like, I've, I've seen different screenshots shared of the, the differences between, say, Michigan a few weeks ago and Minneapolis today, where he talks about good, honest people in Michigan, aka white people, and oh. thugs in Minneapolis, and do, doing effectively the same thing. To, to a large degree some slight differences of course and mitigating circumstances aside but you know the language and the verbiage that the president of the largest country in the world uses is only insightful to more hate yep, yep. and it, people fucking keep mopping it up and Rory's in the chat there delighted he moved home <laughs> it's like oh I can't blame him oh man like um, the whole the other thing we were talking about was burning down the target and looting the target store I don't quite get that I get the anger and I get riots you know to a degree I don't get literally stealing TVs did you see the picture of that woman that went in there was there, like there was this woman that basically ran out with two lamps I was like what what do you why why did you do that you're putting other people out of work all the people that worked in that store it's a big fucking store there's probably 100 people working there all those fuckers lost their jobs do you know what are you doing there now burning the police station I get (laughs) as weird as that sounds it makes total sense to me it's a direct retaliation yeah you know it's it's, it's like post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic type thinking (laughs) the human skeleton was denied a bank loan um (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it makes no sense. But like, I, I, you see another video. I think when the boys in the chat shared, it was Jordan or Irene earlier today of a black guy in a car getting pulled over by a cop because he didn't use a tail light or didn't use an indicator, and the cop approached the car with his gun out already. Mm-hmm. Like, 
why in what world do you need to be able to have a gun pointed at someone before you even acknowledge their presence or see what they're about yeah exactly i I don't understand that like how 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 much fear is there of these fucking weird racist white cops like i like to see a a black person and immediately they're afraid and they're like i'm walking over to you with my fucking pistol drawn what sort of should you be a cop if you're that afraid of another race or another group of people like can you imagine (sighs) and that's the context of of a wider conversation of course but can you imagine you know being a genuinely good cop and you know not having any prejudices or anything like that and you go into the force and you're trained you're you're prepared as best you can and you're you suddenly are transferred into a squad and you see these people these cops that are doing this sort of bigotry action and you think well how am i supposed to make a change how, how am i supposed to make a difference and then you see your colleagues do something so heinous like this and you're getting targeted as a result of it so you you're getting an awful lot of good people mixed up in some bad shit because there are some bad people involved yep and like how do you separate the good from the bad and you know turn over a new leaf and have the public trust the cops in this scenario because i can't imagine that any member of the public in america regardless of their ethnicity or background trusts the cops right now nope like i'm white precinct is on fire (laughs) i would not be trusting the cops over there oh god no there's just too many stories just too many incidents and they keep on happening and especially now imagine you're a police officer in minneapolis or saint paul Imagine you're just going about your day and you've got to stop somebody or whatever, or you you spot a burglary or, you know, something. How afraid are you right now that something's going to happen to you, even if you're just walking down the street? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about your home? People, look how, look how quick quickly people found this guy's address. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I, I don't know. I'd be asking for a transfer if I was one of the good cops. I'd get the fuck out of there for yeah. a little while. No, like there's Joe makes a great point there. It's like at least a third of the cops shouldn't be cops in America. It's it just keeps happening, just constantly. Like if you t- if like was it the the training schedule in America is something like is it eight to ten weeks or something to be a cop over there? Something as short as that. Now I, I very well be wrong, and I'm happy to be proven wrong on that one. But like in Ireland, it's it's something similar, and Irish cops don't have to use you know force. You don't have to use firearms. They don't have to deal with the more complex situations that American cops would, you know, hostage negotiation, whatever it is, and uh, even fucking race issues over there because we're kind of blessed over here that we don't have to experience these sort of things. But like, surely the, the training needs to be more intensive over there. It needs to be wide, more widespread. But it's, it, you, you look at these and you're almost afraid to open up social media every day for fear of what you see next. Yeah. And speaking of that, Gordo has sent something in just to, I don't know if it lightens the mood or it sounds a bit crazy. Um, you know, 2020 has gotten a little crazy and every month there's killer bees and the killer bees with the hounds and the hounds that shoot killer bees at you. That Every month there's some new killer thing. Gordo has put a Sky News headline in there. Coronavirus. Monkeys escape with COVID-19 samples after attacking lab assistant. And there's a picture of a monkey hanging off of like a telephone pole or something underneath it. A gang of monkeys, monkeys attacked a laboratory assistant and escaped with a batch of coronavirus blood test samples, it has been reported. What the fuck? Oh. 
So is this so kind this, of like a weird mutation of like super flu bat monkey AIDS or I, with five G? Are the five oh, G monkeys? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing. That's the, that's the real killer right there. What in the fuck? Oh, 2020. 2020. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what next, man? Jesus Christ! Well, look oh, at I don't okay. know. We can all agree that the world is moving on to a better place because we're going to have football back next month. Hooray! I mean, oh, Liverpool are going to win the league. I know, yeah. It's <laughs> a double-edged sword. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, yeah, football's coming back. Oh, wait, no, that means Liverpool are going to get the title. Yeah. Null and void. Fuck it. I can go another few months without football. Void null, and null and void. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, talk a little bit of wrestling then. Um, I do want to bring up uh, Jim Cornette's comments about the stadium stampede match at Dublin. <laughs> Uh, someone has tried it. Um, yeah, so it was basically on how ashamed he is of everyone involved in the match. And this is his quote I will never watch this fucking shit again. Fuck all you people. I'm ashamed of Matt Hardy. I'm ashamed of Tony Schiavone. I'm ashamed of Jim Ross for not walking out on this. I'm ashamed of everybody involved in it. And that last, excuse me, that and that's the last time I'll be fucking watching this horse shit. And Tony Khan can take a sports based presentation and shove it up his fucking ass. <laughs> They're all fucking morons for doing this. Another oh, one man. was on how if the, uh, on how if this is what wrestling is, it needs to die. If this is what if this is what wrestling is now, it needs to die. Leave it alone and let it go. You can't bring it back. You and you can't just fucking piss on the fucking rotting corpse. Let it go. Find something else to do with your fucking lives, like I have, because I'm too embarrassed to be involved with these people and this industry because of shit like this. So he didn't like the match. Is basically what uh, I think what he was getting at here. Um, yeah, Cornette was, this was, you know, we were talking about the st- stadium stampede at Double or Nothing. Um, I think the best way to look at it really is that it wasn't a match. Um, it was, I mean, it had a pinfall, it had wrestlers and all that, but it wasn't really treated as a wrestling match. And I think he's maybe gone over the top. And he says a lot of time. a lot of times he says stuff just to get a reaction or he's kind of taking the piss out of stuff. This one seems to hurt him. Um it was just glorious um i listened to his stuff about the ladder match he wasn't really very happy with orange cassidy either he thought it made a mockery the whole thing but yeah jim Cornette is uh he's a special beast and um yeah i'm riding solo for the moment fitz is on mute there he is i know it's it i can't hate on jim Cornette for not liking this you know no it's not the same like jim Cornette is he's a vintage he's a historian you know that's the kind of the greatest compliment that i can give him he's a he's a wrestling historian who absolutely adores wrestling from point a to point b and anything after point b is just not for him and you know i can't criticize anyone for not liking uh the stadium stampede you know the the great boneyard match anything like that at the end of the day i like music i don't like all music and that's the the simplest equation I can put towards this. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just, yeah, it's not for everyone that match. I personally thought it was great fun. I enjoyed it um, because you d- you have to take it outside the walls of a wrestling match. It was a it was a segment on Raw type thing, you know. Um, Booker T and Steve Austin wasn't a wrestling match in the in the fucking the grocery store, but it's just this well remembered, well loved segment. That's the way I'd kind of look at it. I would say one thing I thought about it when Hangman 
went off to the bar and he's like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm just going to go to the bar. And then Hager is wandering by. He spots the horse. He's like, oh, Hangman must be near. So he uh, he walks in and he finds Hangman sitting there having a few shots. And he sat down for a minute and they shared a drink. And I remember texting me the next morning when I was watching it going, man, I wish Hager and, and Hangman just stayed there. And then they came to a stage where it was like, Hager's like, well, I got to go back to this match, I guess. And he's like, yeah, listen, we could fight it out. I mean, we could, we could both fight, but what's the difference? I'm staying here. It's five versus four. Go nuts. He's like, there's no point in you beating me up. There's no point in me beating you up. Just leave. No problem. They shake hands or whatever. Well, they can't. They, they elbow bump because of coronavirus. 5G bats and the such. And then later in the night, Hangman... Yeah, 5G monkey bats. And uh, later in the night, Hangman makes the miraculous save. You know, you need the old Stone Cold type entrance. Um, That would have been fun. That's the only thing. It's hard to label things criticism at this because it was all, quote, bad wrestling. You know, that kind of way. It's not like a a wrestling match or whatever. That was the one thing I went, damn it, that would have made it even better. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great fun. I genuinely couldn't fault the match at all I, I was slightly worried when it wasn't going live because I thought it might have lost something you know from the the warts and all aspect that you, you kind of like from uh, from kind of main events of pay-per-views but it delivered you know and yeah. there's talks there that it took something like 11 hours to film or something like that uh, I don't know how true that is but like from Matt Jackson doing the 100 yard Northern Light suplex uh, to um, that's where I'll jump in that's where I decided I wasn't watching a wrestling match anymore because he did the the 100 yard suplex thing and then he didn't pin him and there was a referee right there and he, what he did was mm. he super kicked the referee I was like alright whatever you're going to say about this match forget it it's not a wrestling match that's where oh. I went no it's done the logic was out the window there <laughs> completely agree well, I, I'll throw this one to Gordo in the in the chat. There was football nuances thrown in here that were just fantastic. So Matt Hardy cele- or Matt Jackson celebrating the fact that he did a hundred yard Northern Lights suplex and getting a penalty flag thrown at him for excessive celebration, which caused Brilliant. a super kick to the ref. Uh, you had Jericho, <laughs> Judas affecting the mascot, and then the the field goal attempt and. Aubrey Edwards having to go to the booth to check the review and on the, on the three count. <laughs> uh, oh, it was just, it was fantastic. And like of course, on, Stadium Stampede had football on the grind. It had so. football on the grind. Like, bear in mind, this was at, this ended, I think, at half four in the morning Irish time. Ooh. So this, Yikes. like, like it was a long show and I know that was like the wrestling team's biggest criticism of it, uh, which is fair enough. You know, you could have started a bit earlier. But for for money, bang for buck, I thought it was a fantastic show. You know, if if you're talking yeah. about paying fifty bucks in America for money in the bank, or fifty bucks for double or nothing, double or nothing any day of the week. Um, Ryan puts in there, hangman painting Jericho with the lime machine was fucking hilarious <laughs> as well. I was like, fair play to Jericho, you had to take that in the face, like so to speak. <laughs> well, hey, but, um, phrasing. Yeah, uh, Santana getting this bell rung, and then there was the whole thing. Um, the different versions of Matt Hardy. This mm. was the one thing where I thought there'd be a little bit of backlash. I'm not going to be that guy and bring it up, but here we are. I, did, I said I am going to be, but I didn't want to be the guy to bring it up. They had the spot where Matt Hardy was floating atop the water and then yeah. Santana and Ortiz saying he's dead. The week's shad had passed away the drowning thing. I mean, I, I was expecting backlash. I, I did look at it and went, ooh, maybe that was maybe a bit much, but they did the whole thing with... 
there's another reason why you can't even begin to call it a wrestling match when they brought up the mat facts um, Santana Ortiz could read them on the screen <laughs> I was yeah. like okay just take yourself out of this buddy don't get angry about this match um, yeah. Matt Hardy can survive underwater for 384 seconds I think is what it was <laughs> and then had a camera at the infinity pool and they just you know he'd change into V1 he'd change into broken mat and all this stuff mm. I like I completely agree in, in hindsight they could have done without that spot but obviously they had a plan with the mat facts and everything so fair enough I know it might have been a bit hard or awkward to change it to something else but and effectively that stadium has the swimming pool up there so it would have been a shame not to use it because mm-hmm. anyone who knows that stadium from a footballing perspective would have known that that was there and kind of were expecting a spot with it but that's uh, the thing why is there a pool in a football I don't watch the NFL but the rest of you do why, is it just for like rich dudes to sit in a pool watching the match or whatever And pretty much it's just for the money marks cool I mean they need to get an infinity pool in Old Trafford and I need to win the lottery and then I'm in <laughs> I mean I'm not going to criticise anyone that's using it I mean you live on a different planet than me if that's what you're doing when you're going sporting your team but you want the pool I mean, of reincarnation in Old Trafford to get Eric Cantona and Roy Keane back what you need to do, yeah, you get Chris Smalling and you just dip him in the water and out comes Paolo Maldini. You know, just like, out you go. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, you can bring someone back that played for you, but you can't just fucking bring back legends. No, I'm picking in my pool of reincarnation, like, you know, uh, Juventus legends, AC Milan legends, that sort of thing will do fine for my defenders. <laughs> Smaldini. Okay. Call him Smaldini. <laughs> um... But yeah, um, Nick is in there now as well. I don't know if he's ready to unmute yet or not, but he's joined yeah, us. That should be good. I said I'll leave you to finish your point before I jumped in. Ah, yeah. Hey. Well, we've both had our say on Stadium Stampede. We thought it was great crack, not a wrestling match, but great fucking crack. What did you make of it? I thought it was fantastic. I think the big comparison yeah. people a lot of people were making is the, between that and Money in the Bank. Money in mm. the Bank felt like it had a lot of forced comedy that wasn't overly comedic whereas I think they did it right and seeing that beat it was funny it was entertaining it was just good all around I don't know about you but since Money in the Bank I've been uncontrollably laughing at the Stephanie McMahon segment I thought there was great (laughs) natural comedy in that (laughs) but I don't think you got it Steve it wasn't the right Money in the Bank oh no it was the Money in the Bank boardroom (laughs) 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 poor Dana Brooke doesn't have TV and she doesn't watch the product so she didn't know that the thing was on the roof but anyway back to Stampede we've we've covered this ground (laughs) Um, Hangman coming in on the horse was badass beyond belief that was so good it was both funny and cool at the same time and put to my lovely horse on Twitter (laughs) adds the extra extra factor Oh, he wants to shower him with sugar lumps and ride him over fences. That's all he wants to do. Um, the spot at the end, then Sammy Guevara uh, takes the one wing angel from Kenny Omega down to the uh, the crash mat thing he did created. Um, was fucking cool, and it was funny. You saw Audrey Edwards having to get a ladder to come and count the pin. It was quite funny as well. <laughs> She's like, "What? What? What do I do?" <laughs> Please tell me you're coming around to Sammy. I don't like Sammy Guevara, guys. I can't help it. I just, I get, I look, I, I get it now. I get why it's hilarious and all that. I just, it's just, I just want to punch him in the face. I think if I could just punch him in the face once, I think we could be pals. <laughs> I just, I don't know why that's in me. I need to get it out. I know that, but I don't know. He's fantastic. He just, 
it's just like not a wrestler I don't know what it is it's he just, just reminds look. me of like it's just the it is yeah it is maybe maybe I'm the Mark here and he's totally getting me that I hate this guy because the way he acts and the, the I'm on YouTube looks you know that kind of way and I don't know. I don't you're know. Falling he's, right he's, into it. You're falling I've right into it. I've fallen right into his trap. He's actually yeah. a genius pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched back um, anything else from Dublin or nothing yet? I haven't yet. I did see the clips of Orange Cassidy's part because I heard Cornette going insane. So I had to look up Orange Cassidy on Twitter <laughs> and some of that was funny. He's standing there just like, oh, that was hilarious. Where he just stood in the middle of the ring trying to reach the brief or the, the chip <laughs> man alive. He did get so the ladder. He stood on the ladder eventually. Eventually, he got there. He got when there. was on the ground, lying flat. But you know, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have many criticisms from this pay per view, but the biggest criticism I would have is Darby Allen needs to tone the fuck down. <laughs> that spot he did off the ladder with the skateboard was ridiculous and not in the good way. That I was looking at that and going, "Oh, my knees, my old man knees." <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like that looked like it hit as planned, and it fucked him up. Imagine if that didn't hit as planned and how bad it could have gone wrong. Mm. Thing is, it's no worse than what he normally would have taken on a spill on a skateboard. So he's well mm-hmm. used to it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a, what, I guess, yeah. a good 15-foot drop Half on a skateboard a through a ladder. So like, there's so many variable and moving parts. You don't know how that's going to break, how it's going to land, how your feet are going to land, how your ankles are going to... There's just way too much of that for my comfort level. I just saw unless immediately yeah, unless the skateboarders just have this great balance you know where they can hit something and then jump off the board and maybe he never felt any of the impact I was thinking when he came down and hit the ladder with the board I was like oh my knees oh my ligaments oh Jesus he's dead and then he hand lands face first or whatever but Nick might be onto something I hadn't thought of that he's probably how many times has he just fallen doing a fucking move in a, in a, in a half pipe or whatever and he's just fallen right in his face and yeah I don't know and but yeah, he is going to hurt himself eventually. With Brian Cage throwing him from a ladder into another ladder again, ah, just I, I, I love yeah. like I sounds like I'm shitting on Darby Allen. I love Darby Allen, but just you know, have your extreme spots, but you know, bring him in line with what Jeff Hardy would do. You know, you're supposed to be the new coming <laughs> of Jeff Hardy. <laughs> look at every move that Jeff used to do. You could look at them and say. Yeah, that's going to hurt, but you can see how it's going to hurt, and you know it's the risk is minimalized as much as possible. When Darby Allen doesn't move, you really look at it and you say, "Jesus, the the margin of error is so fine, yeah, and the potential to really fuck yourself up is so high." And he's not a big man of of much padding, let's just say. So mm. if he takes something wrong, he could really fuck himself up badly. Yeah, the coffin drop scares me because it's just like whiplash every time he does it. Gordo, I don't know how he keeps good, his head forward. And... Gordo's a good point in the chat here. He's like, right now, Darby is where Osprey was two years ago. Could be one of the biggest stars in the world, but needs to adapt or he'll be retired by 35. Osprey yeah. adapted. Will Darby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a case of, you know, going down the same route as Osprey. Like, if you look at Osprey's uh, fucking Instagram videos, he is jacked. He is after putting on serious fucking muscle weight. Like to the point of where he actually can't do flips and dives like he could two years ago because he's mm-hmm. just physically bigger. And if you wait till you see him on the G1 or whatever sort of wrestling show is capable of being broadcast this year, it's going to be night and day. But just Darby just needs to find something that fits him and his character and just fucking preserve himself a little bit better. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I really like Darby Allen as well. I, I just hope he doesn't die. You know, this kind of way. It's like <laughs> Jesus, just well, don't get injured. But that would put Priscilla Kelly back on the market. So you know, pros and cons. Ooh, <laughs> so what you're saying is <laughs> no, no, please don't. Um, uh, anything else? You uh, MGF and Jungle Boy was the the big match that everyone that was, was talking my about. wrestling match of the night. Yeah, it was very good. You know, because you can't put Stadium Stampede in the wrestling match category, and very much agree with Jim Cornette on that. The women's matches both knocked them out of the park for what they were. Uh, Statlander and Penelope Ford. Put on a, so a many. Better. Are you hearing all the alar- early sirens? small tiny bit small it's bit that's true it's I like, can see it now yeah about four or five cop cars or ambulance or something have gone flying past my house in the last couple of minutes straight down the sparch to disperse yeah the classic Kira she's down there challenging people to fight her <laughs> <laughs> one lap of wine yeah uh, she'd be wine drunk um, sorry I, I biggest surprise putting the belt on Sheeta I wanted it we called for it I didn't think it was going to happen but that was a hell of a good match yeah. Uh, everything else, like everything else, was good. Like there was nothing bad on this pay per view, except for the kickoff show with Private Party botching about four moves. But oh, I heard they, about that. Like, yeah, I give them a little bit of credit because they actually hadn't wrestled in like six weeks or something like that. They had those so, great matches know. on BTE that are so good. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> there might be an example of guys that were taken off the indies too quickly to only work once a week or maybe less. Yeah, maybe yeah, more. Yeah, need now, to be out there. If they were smart, what they'll do is when the indies start to to work up again, they'll start to release the exclusivity on some of these guys a bit, yeah, and let people go out there and you know work the crowd, work the crowd, work the crowd, work the crowd because that's going to be a big thing that they'll have to learn how to do. Yeah, the and the AEW look like saints for doing it for letting the wrestlers go out in the indies to help the indies. Everybody yeah. wins, you know. Yeah. Uh, Gordo saying Spears Dustin wasn't great do you know what it wasn't but I loved it for what it was you know and it depends on where they go with it I thought they might have done something on Dynamite this week but they didn't uh, Sean Spears getting his arse out very Charlie Sterling-esque uh, <laughs> so let, let's just see where they go with it I'm, a, I'm always the one that says you know you can't judge something until you see how it ends out so I'll, I'll hold judgment on it I know it, a lot of people didn't like it because Sean Spears got buried again, which is mm. unfortunate. Uh, it's about his level, though, isn't it? Yeah. It was, um, you know, I don't mean that to sound harsh, but I, I don't. Sean Spears isn't someone that I would be sticking the, giving the ball to and letting him run with it. You know, that kind of way. You know, from a purely, you at know, his re- age, wrestling move and technician point of view, he's a good hand, better than average, I would say. But he has the personality and the mic presence to be able to pull off something better than what you would normally associate someone with that level of talent. A la, a, an MJF kind of role where the personality and the mic skills outweigh the, the wrestling ability. So there's definitely scope for him to do something better than what he's doing right now. I'd like to see him have a good old dirty heel run. God knows they could do it a few more heels at the top of the card. True, true. Well, just we might as well just if you've covered everything you wanted to cover on Double or Nothing, I think we're okay. Or is there anything else? JD from New York, do you want to touch that? Oh, this is yeah. This we meant to bring that up earlier in the bullying thing. Fuck, forgot to go back to that. Okay, we'll go. We're stopping wrestling for two minutes. We we'll go back to that. Oh boy. So we were talking about the Hannah Kimura thing. And we said go listen to the Soup episode about the Hafu thing, which is uh, as we mentioned, really good. Um, 
24 hours later after everyone was like stop bullying be kinder to people on twitter blah 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 yeah alexa bliss uh, sonia deville braun Strowman, uh page somebody else good few of them they released the hounds on uh jd from from new york uh, who had a comment along the lines of Alexa being boring in the ring and if she's like that in the ring is she going to be like that in the bedroom bad joke shit I mean whatever it's, not much of a joke really you know that kind of way it's whatever and it was a comment from months ago that was clipped and put out yeah. by a troll account from JD so it wasn't even there that he go. put it out or he tagged someone in it it was a quote that he made months ago that got clipped by someone who's trying to troll him and was at it at all these people that, you know, wanted to blow up and throw shade on him. Yeah. And the, con- the context was that, you know, he's not a fan of her in-ring work, something that has been criticized on this podcast and practically every other podcast in the world. God knows everyone has a wrestling podcast. If you are on wrestling Twitter and you don't have a podcast, are you even a wrestling fan? <laughs> but like, t- t- they were criticizing the character, Alexa Bliss. Yeah why do we need to keep saying this that any criticism we throw at a wrestler is not necessarily and 99% of the time not a criticism of the person behind the character two different things I don't know how many times we've said that over the three years we've been doing this show we're not talking about the guy we're talking about say uh, Sean Spears or the character do you know we don't give a fuck what these people are like I couldn't give two wanks what someone does in their spare time on TV couldn't care yeah, less there's, there's limits oh, there, yeah well I mean don't kill your family and, and the, yeah. the, the the dogs are locked in the enclosed pool area you know not that sort of stuff but in terms of just being you know, yeah don't kill your family don't be racist don't be a fucking pedophile shit like that that's where my limits are you know that kind of shit but I don't give a shit if you're like Corbin who may or may not be a piece of shit in real life couldn't care less but when you sick the hounds on them the stands were sent to go after the guy. People were ringing his parents and like mm-hmm. ringing their phone off the hook or whatever. This was 24 hours after everyone was saying, be kind, rewind type shit. You know, like DM 24 death hours it lasted. DM death threats. Yeah. What shit. Uh, and I just, and the, the, the criticism that was thrown back at him was like, oh, it's clear that you only have 34 followers so clearly no one gives a shit about your opinion no mate that's the troll account that I was set up to tweet this he really has like <laughs> fucking 50,000 followers yeah. that do genuinely listen to his opinion it's like yeah and he's got seconds. one of the biggest YouTube shows for wrestling there is he's, yeah. he's a big name you know and again context well, people really need to understand what context is in any walk of life and every situation you can't just listen to words or read words on a page and say I am outraged by these words that were used without knowing who said them why did they say them what context were they saying them in to better understand the, the whole argument but Fitz how would you get your retweets and likes you know oh the faux pas outrage yeah <laughs> uh, oh the, the Twitter stands must cancel this person Oh, the, it's the cancel culture thing that drives me fucking insane oh, I, and I, then uh, 48 hours later go back to Yas Queening yeah exactly it's like Yas Queen it up go Yas Queening all over the place I'll say Yas Queen to you do it but mm-hmm. like you're going ringing people's parents like for fuck's sake and like, what this the whole the one before that before the weekend when some stan of Cody put out that she was genuinely in tears when Cody won the title that it was 
it moved her so much oh, that she was in tears. Yeah. And some radio guy, dude or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just said, this is the sort of people that, you know, need help or something like that. And again, if you're moved to tears over someone winning a mid card title, you probably do need to talk to somebody. <laughs> and potentially. Like if you want to cancel uh, me, I wouldn't be one for making fun of the titanium core there, Fitz. You know, I would never <laughs> that's, that's really think that these people are insane. No. no, I've never said it. No, no, no. <laughs> these people are fine and don't need help. No. Oh my god! Like, and then <laughs> the whole start, the cancel culture started up on that was a brandy or someone shared it or mm. other people. I was like, oh my god! Like, do do these people that you know the stands? The people that they stand for, the likes of the Sashes and all this, do they not realize just how crazy their fan base are? Or do they just look at them as being purely passionate? I think Sasha does because she hates her fans. And she just like <laughs> will give off to people in the airport. Which is fine. I mean, if you're can you imagine being one of these girls in WWE? Like having millions of followers and people that are just obsessed with you. All these stan accounts that are dedicated to you. And I can imagine it's a little frightening. I imagine they know how to harness the power of the hounds, you know, that kind yeah. of way. And they did this week. You know, it, it, it all makes it better, though. We think his name of the last pay-per-view. What was that? Double or nothing. Oh, the last okay. pay-per-view. Money in the yeah. bank. Yeah, that's why they ex- yeah. accept it all. Money, yeah. money, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Shad. Um, yeah. But, and this was another thing fucking John Draper had to deal with it I came to this the other night uh, that fucking douchebag John Snowden now I'm talking about bullying here but I will say fuck John Snowden that fucking weirdo um, John had criticised that he is uh, kind of working for Bleacher Report which is run by Turner Media which is TNT AEW all those links and he writes these puff pieces about uh, Kenny Omega mainly. They're mainly, as John described it, erotic fan fiction about Kenny Omega, not real reporting on wrestling. Just fine. But of course, that led to a back and forth with John. John's not going to back down from any fight with these fucking weirdos. But that ended up with Snowden criticizing or labeling them as being right wing. Anyone who disagrees with John Snowden is right wing, right wing, Trump, Trump, Trump. Here's my AK 47 type shit. And that's all they have. Oh, he's a Trump guy or whatever. And then bang, the hounds are released. And then fucking Draper has to deal with all that shit. And I was talking to him during the week. He, uh, he, he wants to come on too. So perhaps next week we'll try and get John Draper on for a bit of funs. I'm sure some other shit show is going to happen between now and then that we'll be able to talk to him about. So The only um, way, and I, I would love for this to happen, right? And it's, It goes back to bullying. It goes back to everything. It's a wider issue, but the likes of the Facebooks and the Twitters, the only way that these sorts of things get anyway close to being fixed is for them to have proper verification over who has what accounts. You know, mm-hmm. one account, one person. And that has to be linked in... Like, if you set up a Revolut account, for example, you have to take a picture within the app. So you can't just upload a picture. You actually have to open up your camera within the app, take a picture of the face. It can kind of obviously read the face and make sure that it has proper facial features. You have to verify your email address. You have to have a real name on the account based on a, uh, a, a photo from a driver's license or a passport. And it has to scan it and match up with that. It's the only way that you're ever going to eliminate to a large degree because you'll never be fully gone because there'll always be ways and means around these systems, unfortunately. But it'll take away the idiot culture that's out there because if you can get around these systems, you're going to be relatively smart. 
What is the idiot culture you need to get rid of? If you have to be held accountable for the shit that you are saying so that people can see who you are, see what your name is, nobody's going to be shouting shit at you then because they're going to be too afraid that they're going to fucking have actions against them. Yeah, no company will make those changes though. And have a one strike yeah, the problem. It's a blocker. Yeah. It's a blocker to set up. All they want is to get you to be able to set up your account and get started as fast as possible. If you Twitter, anyway, Twitter just, don't make money. They're, they don't make money off ad revenue. They are fucking almost hemorrhaging money. So they've literally nothing to lose at this stage. Fucking put it on a free tier platform. I, I would back Trump 100% if he fucking cancels Twitter. It will be one of the best things that the world could ever do like getting rid of these social media fucking platforms that just encourage the cesspool that is fucking wrestling Twitter and all forms of online social bullying. But where would our content come from if there was no wrestling Twitter? Imagine wrestling Discord. People. Oh, Discord, Jesus Christ, don't get me fucking It's going to happen. The dark web oh. takes dark new turn. Oh man, God bless Discord. You can do whatever the fuck you want in Discord. Uh, <laughs> Discord is just off the grid. Um, but yeah, um, we'll go back to the wrestling, I guess. But yeah, look, mm. by this time next week, we're still in the whole, there is the afterglow of, uh, please be nice, stop bullying, blah, blah, blah. But by next week, it'll be flames and fucking... Oh, it's already flames horses. across America. Yeah, true. True, I guess. True. I don't know. Um, When's the AEW then? Yeah, AEW thoughts fits your feelings and or emotions. I liked it. I thought it was a fantastic show this week. All things considered, usually you come off uh, a hot pay per view and you get the cool down. Um, but it started hot. You know, it started with the with Jericho outside the arena with the the inner circle feeling sorry and sad for themselves. You almost had sympathy for them. It was it was that sort of a scene. Uh, and then Jericho was like well, what are we going to do with these t-shirts and on the t-shirts it was inner circle stadium stampede champions and he's like oh well at least it was only a few of them we don't have to worry about them and uh, Santana opened up the back of the truck to show off however many boxes of t-shirts that they had you know a good inside joke that their AEW is just a t-shirt company I thought that was a yeah. nice little uh, subtle <laughs> touch there they're selling the t-shirts half price on a free shop <laughs> ah, that's the old thing about the sports team who has the gear made up and then they have to send it to third world countries to get rid yeah. of it Liverpool, oh. Liverpool Premier League champions 2013-2014 shout out <laughs> never forget <laughs> never forget but I think the, the biggest thing from AW this week is the debut of a new tag team someone might have heard of them FTR oh yeah previously called the revival in the WWE so help me understand what this was so they, what I gather was that the young buck super kicked uh, Butcher in the Blade by accident, who now have a fancy new look. Um, in the crowd by accident, this led to a bit of a brawl, and then the revival saved them. But then they didn't, they didn't throw hands between the Bucks and the revival. Hmm. Exactly, yeah. So it was a match between Matt Hardy and the young Bucks versus Private Party and Joey Janela. During the match, the referee was distracted, and the young Bucks inadvertently super kicked the Sorry, Butcher here now. Yeah, they're on their way out. Oh. Um, and after the match, the, the Bucks were in the, the ring celebrating while Matt Hardy was taking private party backstage because he hurt one of them. It was very nice of Matt Hardy. Um, and <laughs> Butcher the Blade jumped the Young Bucks, and all you see is this kind of retro uh, pickup truck pulling up to the side of the, the arena, a la Cody from two weks ago. And uh, FTR get out and fucking put a whooping on Butcher and the Blade and save the Young Bucks from a beatdown. 
they have a stare down and FTR walk away. What does this mean? Are they friends? Are they foes? We don't know. Well, I like that there's no touch. They need to get this to a pay-per-view where they have not touched each other. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of, I have the old, the thing where uh, Austin couldn't attack The Rock type thing. You know, there's, so the first time you see them attack each other is at the pay-per-view. That's the way to do it. Builds that anticipation. Yeah. I'm surprised that they pull them in so early. Um, I thought they might have waited for the live crowds to be back for this. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see where they go with it. I thought it was pretty pretty damn cool. They do need to find a new way of people, you know, surprisingly coming up rather than you know yeah. pulling in a car from about three feet away and get out. <laughs> well, they had to replace the lights on, lights off thing because they can't do that at Daly's place. So that find another way to do it. Uh, at least there wasn't the shitty barrier there for to uh, for the revival to go and barge their way through. Kind of not really. Um, hey. What if, yeah, I no, this you, was, what if I told what? you, Steve, that in wrestling multiverse, okay. that you can have one person attack another person, and these two people then get separated by a group of people, <gasps> and they stay separated? My God, I tell you, it couldn't be done. I, I that's what we are all led to believe. I, I, I didn't think that this was possible. I thought that all these people to, that were brought in to keep people separated are just a bunch of midget bitches that just get pushed out of the way. But no, people can be held apart. It was madness fits. I don't believe you. Tell me a time. Tell me one time this happened. AEW this week. <gasps> Chris Jericho and Iron Mike Tyson were pulled apart and were kept apart. Heaven madness. be damned. <laughs> Oh, stop. Um, but Tyson came out with uh, Henry Cejudo, Vitor Belford, and Sugar Rashad Evans. And then some dude called Gooch or something. What was it? Henry Gooch or Mike Gooch or some shit. Some some guy who painted his face up. He's an actor. He must be a boy you know, or one of Tyson's boys. But his name was Mickey Gooch. That was it, Mickey Gooch, which I thought was quite funny. Um, someone uh, was a Fightful headline was... Um, Tyson and Gooch taint inner circle or something like that. It was somewhere, it was somewhere headline like that. Um, I liked the yeah, start um, of the segment and the end of the segment. That bit in the middle with the face off was a bit, yeah. The failed attempt at ripping his t-shirt. Yeah, and then the, 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 the flexing the, yeah, no, that bit wasn't great. I, I saw ch- the guy from Pro Wrestling Tees put up a thing and go, don't ever talk to me about the quality of Pro Wrestling Tees products again because Tyson couldn't <laughs> rip open the shirt. <laughs> That's very good. Um, um, what's the what's the payoff of this? Like, are they building to a potential match between Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson? Apparently, I put up the meme. I don't know if the Simpsons page has retweeted it yet, but I put up the meme of Jericho and Tyson. Um, the the Homer and Dredrick Tatum thing mm. about to knock the other guy out I think they're gonna have you can't have Tyson and all the UFC guys and an actor with a name Gooch go against five pro wrestlers because that's gonna be a shit show even though Jericho's involved and he can get fucking blood out of a stone um, yeah Ogordo has it Fight Island there it is <laughs> Jericho Tyson Fight Island um, I saw but the, the theory online that they're they're trying to set up a boxing match, but uh, I can't remember what website it was, so it could have been a dodgy okay. one. I, I just happened to spot it earlier. Mm. Now I had my theory um, was, you know how the UFC and AEW are sharing the same hotel in Jacksonville. Hmm. It does seem to me that 
Uh, maybe it's like how Rev Pro and OTT have done things where they kind of split the travel costs to get them on both shows or whatever. Is there something here that Tony Khan has landed Mike Tyson at the feet of Dana White? And Dana White is going to do this Holyfield Tyson match under the Zuffa boxing banner. <laughs> the, the, I don't know, is the honest answer. That something is going to happen. Because on Fight Island. There's, on Fight Island, Fitz, it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, to be fair, like, if you look at it from a point of view of uh, AEW marketing perspective, if you could somehow have Mike Tyson in a match, doesn't matter necessarily if it's Jericho, even if they could host the Hollyfield fight or whatever aspect, you're now getting extreme mainstream coverage for a product that a lot of people would not necessarily have heard of because Iron Mike Tyson is arguably the most famous boxer in the world. I don't think you yeah. could throw too many names in there, Floyd Mayweather being possibly the only other one without going back into too far in history. But if AEW can somehow get a fight or have him on a fight card, that would be a massive coup. And like I was chatting to Jay Jordan in the chat earlier, and he thought, and just, I'm just going to read it back from what he said here. Um, just thought, the only way a Tyson-Jericho match really works is a quick finish they could have Jericho do comedy segments for weeks with the inner circle embrace the boxing side of it let them do full on Rocky training montages yep. uh, when the match happens bring Jericho out in proper shorts and robe the inner circle as his corner man go the whole hog with it, match starts Jericho goes for a Judas effect, Tyson ducks, hit him with a right, game over done, yeah there it is that's the match Yeah, and the, 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 <laughs> the beautiful side of it AEW have a pay-per-view coming up called Fighter Fest. Yep. It, On right. Fight Island. Do it. It's perfect. It makes sense for the Fire Fest, Fighter Fest thing. Do it on an island. Go to Dana White's goddamn island and do it there. Fight like, Island. Things <laughs> rarely work out so perfectly. Yeah. This, like, do it, you cowards. All the stars have aligned here, guys. Fighter Fest on an island that some rich dude bought for the purposes of running events. It's perfect. Yep. Do it, you cowards. Do it, you cowards. Uh, Taz and Brian Cage. Um, this one part I did see. The beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. Going off of Taz's old moniker, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Um, they're they're booking yeah. this right. You know, it, it's kind of weird that they've booked that championship match already. You know, going into mm. the ladder match, it was you know if you win the the ladder match, you have a future title opportunity. Fair enough. It was kind of I thought it was going to be like a money in the bank scenario where you never know when he's going to do it. But they've already confirmed that it's going to happen at Fighter Fest, but they haven't confirmed mm. when or where that's going to be. So all we know is right now that the champion is going to defend against Brian Cage at Fighter Fest. So what does that mean in the interim? Is there going to be a ch- championship match before then? Who knows. But they're booking Brian Cage right because he doesn't have to do anything now. He's got his guaranteed championship match at an event already confirmed. So for until between now and then, he just needs to destroy everybody. Yeah. Now it does give you the whole problem again where they've debuted someone just to beat him straight away. <clears throat> like Maybe they don't. Luke Harper. Uh... Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Be a bit sad that Moxley won the title and then, you know, he won it with the crowd and then never got to defend the title or carry the title around the crowd again and then lost to Brian Cage. <laughs> and that was it. Do you know? Well, yeah. Maybe some bits um, of crowd by then. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And props to Moxley. He was fantastic on commentary this week, actually. Mm. 
you know, the the one criticism that's been thrown at Moxie is, you know, he hasn't set the world alight since becoming champion at AEW. And I, I can see why people would say that. You know, he hasn't exactly had much to work with other than, you know, Jake Hager and Brody Lee, which I can't imagine are the womp, easiest womp. two to get kind of uh, good juice from, yeah. for want of a better term. So, you know, he, he needs something and or someone to really be able to express a little bit of a, a new character that we have already seen within WWE. Yep. Um, what was the deal with the tag team match that was for a number one contender shot after there was a number one contender <laughs> match on the number one contendership for Fighter Fest? Despite okay. the fact there's going to be another title matches in between. Weird. No idea. No. The way, <laughs> I, the way I took from it was the battle roll or the pre-show match at Double or Nothing was to determine the new number one contenders, but the tag team match on Dynamite was to determine who would face Hangman Page and Kenny Omega next week on Dynamite for the championships. Which would be the number one contenders. Should be. This is weird, and they haven't explained it very well at all. I thought they did cover that they said something about it, but but, um, best Best friends have a title shot at Fighter Fest. I thought thought is what they said. I could be wrong. I could have misheard it. You could explain it away and said they earned a shot to... Yeah, for just Fighter Fest, they are the the challengers for the tag team titles or tag team champions, whoever they may be yeah, at Fighter I'm Fest. I'm sure that's what they said, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I wasn't it's wrong. it's confusing, needlessly confusing having two tag. number one contenders tag matches. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, no, hundred percent um, agree. And the, there was a moment in this where if you if you haven't watched it, you would hate it. They do another football segment with uh, Aubrey Edwards. I think it was a Kip Sabian does a kick or a punt. I can't remember exactly. And Aubrey waves it wide as if to say it was no good. Um, Unnecessary ref, but again, (laughs) Aubrey being the center of attention. Don't need it. Cancel that shit. Um, Keep it in the fake football match thing they had. That all makes sense in that universe, yeah. Um, Exactly, didn't need that. Britt Baker. Britt Baker was fantastic. I'm a genius! Wait, where is it? No. I'll find something that shows how much I hated that segment, but that's okay. Really? Oh, man. No, look. Yeah. Oh, there it is. That bitch. Um, <laughs> no, I was talking to the lads and I was watching NXT live and they were watching AEW. So we were just chatting away about both shows or whatever on WhatsApp. And uh, the revival thing happened. I was like, whoop, changing over. And I said to you at the time, I wonder how many people did the same as I just did, where, you know, where ratings will matter in America or whatever. Uh, I was watching totally legally. Uh, that's fine. That's, that's cool too. Um, and I said, right, I'll stay over here. See what's going on. This looks like it's a big ass show. And then Britt Baker came out and started doing that promo. I was like, I'll see you later, boys. I'm going back. <laughs> I was like, just, I don't know. It was just awkward. It was all elbows, all elbows and toes. You know what I'm saying? I love the OnlyFans kind of way. <laughs> no, that's only, that's uh, 14 a month. Thank you very much. Um, no, I, I loved it. You know, Britt Baker has really come into her own in her little kind of weird heel character thing. Uh, it's a shame that, you know, her injuries come at a weird time that she was just kind of getting that gimmick over. But fantastic. Give it to me. Hook it up to my veins. Uh, Rian's comment was good there. Role model. R-O-L-L. It's like that, fantastic ponder. Dislike. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I see. I saw it. <laughs> Would you believe I was looking at Jonathan Snowden's Twitter and that is his current banner. It's the back of her wheelchair. And that's how I know what he means by this. Fantastic pun or dyslexic designer? I thought that was a good little comment from <laughs> me in there. 
was it? Fire, fire pickle in the chat there as well. So good. Someone else recognizes Aubrey's a mark for herself. Yeah, she kind of is. She yeah, is. unnecessarily so. You know, there's no. I don't have a problem with a ref. You know, having some bit of character. You know, you see it within uh, WWE. Like Drake has a little bit of nuance to himself, but not too much. And and that's why mm. you, you should notice they're there, but not not be a part of the match, not be a mechanic in the match. They're a, they're a tool to be used sparingly, but AEW are kind of overdoing it. Uh, we'll need to start getting through it pretty quick now as well. Um, what was this thing about Sheeta? About her blowing dudes or something? <laughs> <laughs> so Sheeta had a match with Christy James, and JR comes up with this quote all in one, talking about Christy James. She's got a nice upside, and she goes down pretty wood too. Never change. Never change. Like horny police on Jim Ross's Twitter or something fierce. Every time he tweets anything, just look at his comments. (laughs) Horny police. And like, if (laughs) if you're watching what is happening on screen when he says that, it all makes sense. But Mm. if you are like I was, and like so many other people are on phones or doing other things and you hear this and you're what the fuck did he just say (laughs) (laughs) do a double take you rewind to 30 seconds oh jr phrasing phrasing fitz Fitz is watching it while he's at work it was like oh typical the one time i look away from the screen i miss something great (laughs) um cody announced christy james impressed me as well okay she's got a great career Oh, oh yes, I have seen this from oh, Rio de Janeiro. Ho 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 ho! Um, then Cody announces a weekly open challenge for his weird ass terrible silver title thingy. Well, we didn't even talk about that actually. That's um, not ready yet. Yeah, they're just they're just using it even though it's not ready. Yeah, totally. That's what happened. Yeah, they didn't yeah. call an audible or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it. But yeah, open challenge for the TNT title starting next week um, with Jungle Boy after he won the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, clip floating around Twitter was our good friend Japanese debt Japanese debt match legend Luther starting the match earlier or something like that. He just jumped. Somebody came in and Orange Cassidy hadn't even made his entrance yet, and he kind of corpsed. That Am was I the, reading that wrong or the Battle was- Royal. They rang the bell. It was intentional because Cassidy got taken okay. out by the circle on his way to the ring. Okay, so, cool. You know, it just looked like everyone was standing around waiting for something to happen, and then he was the only one who went. So either they're all wrong or he was wrong. Or, I'm not quite sure, but it looked funny to me. Mm. He's a Japanese death match legend. He doesn't wait around for these people. <laughs> it's <laughs> as simple as that. He's got Japanese Why he? death match wrestling to do. Yeah, kill yeah, he's a legend. He's an absolute legend of Japanese death matches. Luther. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. NXT. Mm. Um, this was an interesting thing with Adam Cole and William Regal. I can't remember the exact quote they used, but the uncertainty, that was something like the uncertainty surrounding Velveteen Dream. I was like, ooh, a too close to real life there for me, Adam Cole. A couple of phrasing moments uh, within that segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. So basically it ends up with, uh, it, what it sounds like is it's going to be Cole Dream in a cinematic style match at In Your House. And I heard that there was yeah. already a match recorded for In Your House. I'm assuming it's that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so it is one more. Okay, perfect. So maybe it is in a house. Could be. Perfect. 
be let's not have it in Velveteen Dream's house you know let, you, you just you know let's just <laughs> keep this away from Velveteen DC over here Velveteen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lads walking out the house hard drives full of the stuff in there lads you gotta be careful um, the whole house is taped off shit like that but um, allegedly allegedly all of these allegations against Velveteen Dream's are just that allegations alleged um, finished cruiserweight match fits mm. sloppy and made the ref look stupid I hated this I hated this with a passion uh, mm. so effectively Kushida had the arm bar on Jake Atlas Jake Atlas was flat to the mat both shoulders down Kushida had him covered in a submission hold but had him covered at the same time normally at this point the ref is either counting the pin because the shoulders are down or asking for the sub and then um, uh, Drake Maverick comes in and puts an arm over Jake Atlas so effectively Atlas has now been covered by two people and he counts the pin one two three while he taps out at two from the arm bar but the ref was in the wrong position for it unnecessary win I guess yeah overbooked yep um needlessly complicated complicated um but it was better than a schoolboy running or a roll-up you know i guess i like, suppose you could say the that, right but. person took the fall the right person won the match mm. why did you need to make it so convoluted i and again i gave props to drake uh where the referee earlier it just makes him look stupid and it doesn't referees should never be booked to look stupid unless it's an ongoing storyline um, it's like as soon as I said it, I was like but they were both pinning him it's yeah like this the first thing I said to Lisa when we were watching it like, yeah it just yeah if, if anything because uh, 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 Kushida won it twice and Drake won it yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah true yeah well, he goes through another triple threat <laughs> um, well that's the thing they had uh, the backstage segment where Drake was uh, being interviewed by the lovely Mackenzie something something I can't think of her surname uh, mm-hmm. fantastic career great career I need to follow her on all the socials um, mm-hmm. and Kushida just comes up and says congratulations go win it effectively you know he surrendered his claim to having won the match because he's an honourable Japanese man because you know all Japanese people have honour and respect <clears throat> throw back to our <laughs> earlier conversation um, <laughs> Drake Maverick says okay when I win you'll be the first up so that was uh, you know that was a nice moment to be fair that was a nice touch but yeah. just unnecessary you know Jersey Joe's a comment there is Kushida's time so far in NXT the best proof that WWE makes everything worse I mean <laughs> it's hard to hard to argue he did he did break his arm or his wrist or something and he was out for a while but yeah I think this tournament was for Kushida to win it and then to face Devlin in the unification ladder match or whatever that we're going to do but because of the Drake Maverick he was 2.5 million views on yeah. his video um, Raw doesn't get that anymore we've said it a few times now they, he did more there was higher ratings for his tweet than an episode of Raw they can't ignore the amount of people that and, and the reach that had I don't know that's, so, I'm, I'm, still going to go, I'm, I'm still believing that was a work I know I'm a conspiracy theorist think, right now and I know yeah. I'm looking like a great tinfoil hat person but uh, I still I still think that was all a work is he still in the alumni section or not because you know, I know they re-signed Gulak and he's definitely moved back to the active mm. section I haven't checked if Maverick is in which don't section. know that I don't know uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they go from it. Um, I think that's next week isn't it on NXT or is it in your house that that's going to happen no, no it's next week isn't it pretty sure they said it I think week, yeah, okay. yeah pr- pretty sure yeah 
cool. Um, why why wouldn't it be on the pay per view though? Unless they have Kushida and the winner on the pay per view, perhaps. Maybe. Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe Drake wins it, and he's like, "The first thing I want to do is to give Kushida a shot." And maybe that's what the finish was about. Yeah, maybe maybe that all makes sense in the end. Um, Shotzi Blackheart. Oh dear God. Uh, oh, I legitimately thought she had broken her neck, but then she got her arm and flicked her hair back. I was like, okay, thank fuck, she's fine. So she did the coffin drop spot, and the people outside trying to catch her were either two. He's in, he's an alumni, okay. Um, so they do the coffin drop spot, um, the people trying to catch her are either too close or she overshot it, but basically she landed kind of, I'd say kind of on her, her lower back was the first point of impact on the girl's shoulders and that meant she just literally flipped right over and landed on the back of her head folded up like an accordion that was scary as fuck this for me was worse than any of the three on AEW last week yeah the the, the ones on AEW were just sloppy and looked terrible this was just dangerous this was just terrible I I, I really can't put any of it on shots either it was the two girls on the outside should have caught her Simple as. I think what you've learned with the dives is that, and most of them don't mean anything anymore anyway, is the juice worth the squeeze with these dives? Because the danger level is... And you got to keep... It's like the Homer Simpson thing. A woman is like a beer, but then you got to drink another woman and another <laughs> woman. You know that kind of way? It's like, where does the end of Mo Sislak thing? A nail with a board in it. And then you got to build a board with a nail so big that, you know, eventually the, 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 it doesn't get a crowd reaction anymore very little no yeah oh, yeah was. but you know what I, I mean crowd. we have to talk about it as well <laughs> the PC curve. yeah but all it did was suck the air out of the room when she hit there but yeah. when you're on a normal episode of Raw or AEW the dives don't really get a big reaction Darby Allen has a great one because you don't see it coming it's at the start of a match where he just catapults and the camera has to catch him he fucked the camera fucked the crowd if he didn't see it he didn't see it bang it's like a good yeah it's like a gunshot it's if you're great. at an OTT show and you're at the front row and Mark Askins in a fight you watch me wait at all times. Flying <laughs> diving uh, suicide dive under the, the second rope. And if you're in the front row and you do not move, you are getting wiped the fuck out. Yep. It serves um, you right too. I don't know who talked about it. Was a Cornette or somebody like that had mentioned like weeks ago Rollins did a dive. You know the, the suicide dive Rollins does where he shoulder barges push. and he lands on his feet. Yeah. yeah. So the guy lands on his feet that does the dive and the guy receiving the dive lands on his feet because he hits the barricade. Like, there's no point to that. I I think maybe, I don't want to sound like a fucking old curmudgeon or whatever, but eventually, unless you have a dive like Kenny Omega or The Undertaker when he could do it, that are really, really fucking impressive and different. Balor's one, I think. Balor, yeah. Unless you have one that looks different, that doesn't look like everybody else's. Dabry Allen, for example, Mark Haskins, as you said, something that's totally different. That was a great one as well. Yeah, just yeah. don't bother. It's the whole. Why does everyone have to do it? You don't. Not everyone has to do a fucking dive. The DDT, you know. Yeah. When, when it gets done to death, it loses all sort of impact. Yeah, and when you see this girl that legitimately could have ended her career here, you have to think about it. Yeah. I just prefer fucking. I give me Cody cutting a promo on someone over a dive fucking every day of the week, twice on Sunday. It's the way I look at it. It's uh, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Danny Birch and Oni Larkin uh, drinking pure vodka in the pub, or was it water? <laughs> Who knows? How did they get in the pub? 
Oh, Florida. Mad Florida. wrestlers, you know, Florida. they're superstars. Florida. Florida. Uh, would, would it kill them to put two pints in front of them, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> they don't drink pints, they drink straight vodka. I'm drinking out of Guinness pint glasses. <laughs> Throw them up. <laughs> uh, I missed Keith Lee and Mia Yim promo I actually missed that live so I don't know what happened there but I assume it was about the Garganos it was the piss take of the Garganos ones that they've been doing the last few weeks it wasn't good okay I'm Quite glad I missed it then <laughs> um, Scarlett watches Champa's match and the promo from Cross straight afterwards the TikTok thing not yeah. to be confused with uh, TikTok the platform which I downloaded recently and uninstalled almost immediately because it was just holy shit. That you're not back for that. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I told Kira keeps watching. I was like, yeah, it's like Kira keeps watching. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get this and maybe you can tailor your experience to it or whatever. No, no you can't. It's you just the same the people doing the same videos. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's the same people doing the same videos over and over again. Um, the cage pit or the fight pit cage match. Uh, I really enjoyed this uh, they did the thing where Matt Riddle does the fucking um, showtime kick on the cage and quote knocks two of Timothy Thatcher's teeth out that wasn't easy to say um, <laughs> and then yeah Matt Riddle eventually just beat the fucking high holy piss out of each other back and forth uh, they did the thing on the little walkway above and Matt Riddle is choked TF out and it looks like he's on his way to Smackdown this rumor i wasn't i wasn't blown away by this okay a few different reasons it's like okay is it a cage fight is it a last man standing match is it a submission match what's going on why a pit fight a cage pit pit fight Fight pit cage cage pit fight it it, it, seemed like they changed the the match about seven times from announcement to it actually happening it was Uh, knockout or submission only was the rule yeah. yeah but knockout but you have to answer a 10 count is, is that really um, a knockout like the WWE don't have a different type of knockout that is their knockout basically no, they, they should yeah. literally just followed UFC rules then have the ref aka Kurt Angle is like have him stop it if something happens you know this whole 10 count is like you have to call it an MMA match which they didn't want to do mm. like, you don't have to you know they're all great with fucking semantics in the WWE to be fair mm. um but the, Vince the big, doesn't like MMA, you see. He thinks that someone's going to die doing it, as opposed to the dozens and dozens <laughs> of people who have died in his care. Allegedly. Um, no, that, the well, biggest thing that took away <laughs> the biggest thing that took away from this match for me was the fact that I had a fight last week or the week before on NXT TV. You know, this should have been the blow-off. This should have been the only time they touched gloves. Like you said before when you are talking about AEW with um, Brian Cage, wasn't it? Or no, it was... Uh, FTR and that's exactly the scenario here Thatcher and Riddle should have been kept apart and if you would have had this match then with slightly clearer rules or maybe a more obvious kind of uh, rule base on the fight I would have probably enjoyed it a hell of a lot more but it's just like I've seen them fight two weeks ago there's nothing really new here the the jump kick off the cage was quite it was a fight pit a A pit pit for fighting fighting (laughs) Cage fight pit. Card angle. Card angle. It's true. Fight pit teeth. Doctors. Stop the reason. Blood, blood capsules. He'd get ratings. Yeah. yeah. They had to combat Mike Tyson, and they had to have someone give him the blood capsule. You know. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. And the teeth. This is a. Okay. Well, I'm not. <laughs> teeth. Yeah. People like he lost teeth. He had fuck all teeth anyway. How many more can he lose? 
I thought that was a little um, bit convoluted, but you know, that's because we knew who Thatcher was and knew that the scenario. But if it you, was just you, funny, it was like, get the teeth on the camera, get the teeth on the camera, hold them out in your hand. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it was bad, but I'm not going to say it was brilliant and blew me away either. I was like, Meh. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. It didn't live up to. I had this built up in my head. This thing was going to be fucking great. It wasn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be, but they didn't give it enough time either. I was look. I was watching it live, and it was like two forty four a.m. And I'm like, lad, start the fucking cage match. What? I don't care about all this other shit. Come on, let's go. And then you like Kurt Angle gets a full entrance into an ad breaker. Like, ah, oh, that's another three or four minutes. Come on, where's the fight? John, it was for me. It wasn't even the best thing on NXT this week. The best thing for me was the women's tag match between Charlotte and Chelsea Green and Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. I thought they tore it up. I much more enjoyed that than the cage pit fight match, cage fight fight pit cage fight. Kurt Angle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good show. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll look. We'll move on. We'll get things moving a bit. Uh, ratings NXT or sorry AW wins again so it's 29.6 in terms of ratings so AW had 827 uh, 827,000 and NXT was 731,000 everyone was up this week for some reason even that we joke about it guys grocery games and my six or a hundred pound life were also up over a million so what was not on last night that has been on in the last 10 12 weeks or whatever it's weird mm. I don't know and everyone, any, every, anyone benefit, everyone benefited. Um, our score then, so we currently have our score every week, uh, where we decide which show we preferred best. Uh, current score is uh, AW fifteen, NXT nineteen. So uh, I'm gonna go NXT because I saw more of it and I enjoyed more of it. Uh, felt more compelled, to, <clears throat> more compelled to watch it. Easy one for me. Uh, AW is a much, uh, much more complete show than NXT for me this week I'm also going to go AEW I think it was just better overall I liked NXT too I thought they were both good this week but yeah I think uh, AEW pips it I think some of the standout moments were more standout yeah I think that's the that'll be the majority opinion anyway AEW was the better probably the better show this week um yeah, see what the guys in the chat are saying. We went way too fast for them there. That their their votes are only coming in now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we should have another one if we had had this from the start, where we have the the chat engagement we do nowadays. Uh, we could have just done the the people to vote in this as well. I do have an option for a fan vote in our thing. We just never get to it. We just <laughs> never get yeah. to the tiebreaker, but we haven't had very many tiebreakers. No, true, true. AEW is uh, seems to be coming in strong in the chat there anyway. So, um, yeah. We can briefly go into Raw. Um, the only thing I really want the crowd in on Raw is the the crowd thing. I know we did it on, on it was on NXT as well, but the the wrestlers in the crowd, awkwardly spaced and standing around, in merch, uh, just like the two K Battlegrounds trailer. I sent you that. They literally <laughs> predicted it. It looks exactly like what they had in the screenshot. It just felt um, so forced, like. AEW I enjoyed it though. It was, yeah, I, was like, I like the background noise, but just because you could see them on the screen awkwardly standing around, it just took away mm. a lot for me. That like I, I enjoyed the, the background noise and the fact that there were some noises, but like it just You've got, it did take away as well at the same time. Jessamine Duke cheering on Kevin Owens as one of the opening shots of Raw. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yo, as to someone who watches your product, you are just insulting my intelligence by doing that. 
but they I was saying it we were watching it live immediately Raw was so much better by the fact there was people in the crowd because the promos made sense again I remember tweeting about it going imagine that opening segment with the, the giant pauses for silence oh yeah, yeah. No. pause for the crowd that isn't there oh, that makes it no, it, it, just don't have them on camera shot on the main hard cam mm. have them off to mm. the sides like the way NXT had it was actually grand because they were blacked out and they also had the full area like screened off rather than just the entrance way mm. It was so you couldn't see them on the hard cam, but you could hear them, which was fine. Or give them chairs. Yeah. Let them sit down if they're awkwardly <laughs> spaced out for fucking three hours. Oh, man. And I saw so many people going, oh, my God, they had to stand for hours. You're like, have you ever worked in retail? <laughs> like, well, they had to stand for 10 hours. Exactly. Have you ever worked in retail? Go fuck yourself. But this isn't their job. Just let them sit down. Like if they're doing, there had to be a kid. They were obviously going to sit on the ground anytime. We're like, we're off. We're we're resetting for a match or whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, the other thing was the barricades. They had to do this because they have to be go above and beyond. Because um, there's more eyes on them in terms of public interest, general out there, you know sports sports center type shit uh, that AEW don't really have to put up with as much so they had to put these barriers up which I thought was a bit OTT I thought there's no need for the fucking OTT oh, doesn't do barriers purse, no 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 <laughs> just no barriers whatsoever OTTs <laughs> but like you know the the barricade the perspex barricades thing is probably just a little you know a little silly but I guess they have to Actually, when do something the more come around the barriers and get in the ring ridiculous <laughs> the end of the show there's a pull apart brawl and all the fucking wrestlers jump out from behind the barricade run run around the barricade to get onto the ramp and then come in and they're all on the ring touching each other when they were socially distanced behind barriers two minutes beforehand for the entire three hours of the tv broadcast it made absolutely keep them separated ah <sighs> <laughs> well it's never been done fits in the history of wrestling apart from that <laughs> so. I know we're, we're, we're breeze through and raw so I'll, I'll talk out the, the big points that I liked was um, Angel Garza working over Kevin Owens' leg and actually getting a victory as a result of it oh my god yeah someone magic. finally one of those guys gets a fucking win after mm-hmm. months of losing every week so and the flip side such prominent spots and never winning a match it makes no sense the re- there you go the reverse of that then and obviously because they give they have to take away Andrade getting bitched out to Apollo Crews to change the title onto him for no real reason. You know, are we supposed to believe that Apollo Crews beat Andrade clean in the ring with two fucking standing moonsault flip things? Come on. One thing I will say is that, as I just said, that team has been beaten and bitched out for months. And like so it's, I don't I know Andrade hasn't been necessarily but he's lost to the tam- champion twice or three times or whatever it is I don't I, I would prefer to not see Andrade lose matches but I I liked Apollo getting the title mainly because of the promo afterwards it was this cool old school babyface promo it was just natural yeah. kind of promo nothing spectacular it was just good you know it, was just, have him it ro- wasn't shit <laughs> have him win with a roll up and you get exactly what you need and you can keep mm. Andrade looking strong because you know he got fluked by the plucky kid who got him with a cheeky roll up you know and then Andrade stays strong he can have a beat down he can win the title back if he wants or he can move on to the, the world title picture Apollo still has his crowning moment of winning a title and his happy backstage promo but Los Ingobernables the performance center have just fucking gone to shit you know you've got a st- mega powers have exploded you've got a stable with Andrade Angel Garza and Zelina Vega which fucking is a fantastic stable as 
you could even expand on it and um, turn the other night. Yeah, uh, Humberto, have him turn a joiner as well. That's fucking money. I would pay to watch that be a dominant force within WWE, but to decide yeah. to shit all over it. Uh, Street Profits, Viking Raiders, cancel it. Couldn't care less about this uh, at this stage. Oh, They've ruined it. Was it golf? Like golf? <laughs> golf. Yeah. yeah. They did the the Happy Gilmore thing with the. Yeah. Like now they seem very confident of the bowling both teams, so I'm assuming it's not what we think is bowling. It's gonna be like some Viking version of bowling or something. It's like the you street know, I don't know. could get away with these sorts of gimmick kind of segments. But the Viking Raiders It's gonna be that English type of bowling. Bowls. The old styley bowling. Bowls. That's and the, the fucking the the yeah, and the street profits are gonna be in there in their bowling shoes and all that shit and they were like, huh, gotcha, whatever we can do, you can do better. Oh, shoot me in the fucking head. Uh, so some <laughs> good moments. MVP is absolutely killing it. He probably is one of the MVPs of Raw lately. His uh backstage segment with Lana where Lana comes up to him and says, Can I talk to you for a second? And he just says no and walks off. Fantastic. Hook it up to my veins. Yeah. Um I like it him which um bobby lashley fantastic and i liked even the the interaction they had with um street profits even though it just was a build-up for drew to come back and kick him fair enough but it was like two stories been merged into one for the betterment of both so you have the street profits you know being joking clowning and you know you're never going to get anywhere with that sort of attitude and mvp being the serious kind of character and saying look bobby if you're going to be foolish and not taking things seriously you're going to end up like these guys let's go out and fucking show them things so there's two little stories and they, they kind of nuanced them very well but while you had that good stuff you had the bad stuff which was the women's triple threat oh this was one of the worst matches i've seen in a while this was worse than AEW women's matches level everything that's a huge statement everything that Nia Jax touched in this match was bad the manslaughter leg drop lived up to its name oh my god the fucking tower of doom in the corner where she fucking oh, dropped her on her neck oh my god I was like Natty Jesus I thought Natty was going to buckle there and that wasn't Nat- it wasn't Natalia's fault no, there no. I was like this is just an insanely stupid spot that didn't need to happen I'm like, um, it's, it's a stupid spot because it doesn't need to happen but similarly it's a fairly straightforward spot that like how can you really fuck this up but when you've got you've got a triple move you can't say it fits and the middle person is the, the Jew the glue that holds it all together and if they're the shit person in this equation then shit goes south pretty quickly and this isn't a shot at her weight but she weighs probably twice what Natalia does mm-hmm and she, you know what I mean it was just it could, so many things could have gone wrong no, there no if you're going to tower doom involved in the three of these you stack it like a pyramid biggest at the bottom smallest at the top yeah and it flows fucking perfectly I just I don't know and the leg drop again and then apparently a report has come out that uh, on the taping so they taped next week's Raw they taped it last week or whatever or this week and uh, Kyrie Sane was apparently by Nia Jax thrown into the steel steps and she busted her head open. Yeah, so we don't know if that was yeah. aired or how they're going to patch that up for TV, but like, everything black she touches turned to shit. Yeah, black and white, yeah, <laughs> and cut away to the crowd noise. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently during the taping, they obviously paused the match to have doctors come out or whatever, and they did a quick finish to the match to end it after that. I don't know if they'll air that match. Probably, I won't. wouldn't say so. Not now that everyone knows about it. Um, but she's a parody at this stage, Nia Jax. 
it's like how many more times can she hurt someone how many times she hurt Kyrie for fuck's sake yeah and Ky- anyway. Kyrie isn't overly injured bro the only injuries Kyrie has gotten are from Naya yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god Natty was in that match despite losing to Shayna two weeks in a row and Shayna not being part of that match you know we can shit on AEW for many many different things but at least their rating system seems to work but most of the cases yeah yeah or, yeah um, literally makes no difference whether you win or lose no it in the way they book it makes total sense because they Natalia was in the match to take the pin the way they book I know it makes no sense in real life but that's the way they do things and like a, they, a, could, they couldn't have Nia beat Charlotte Morgan Ruby yeah. Rock and Shayna in there and then you can say okay it's, it's an last. equal opportunity match it's up for grabs yeah. whoever gets it wins it you know but if you're Simple. picking three people they have to, there has to be a logical reason why those three people are in the match yeah of course um, the only logical reason they think is because we need someone to get pinned and it not be Charlotte Mm-hmm. Because we had they were, look at the way they booked themselves into corner here. We need Naya to to win the number one contendership. We also have to have Charlotte in the match because Charlotte has to be in the match because she has to be in the match because she has to be in the match because she's Charlotte and it's on TV. And then you need to, someone to take the pin. So in their warped sense of reality, this was the most well booked match you could possibly imagine. <laughs> you know, it's like oh god. Yeah. you could have seen you knew the minute they announced the match you knew what was going to happen yeah. I was going to get the pin on, on that he just knew it a mile away um, but yeah why is Charlotte on every fucking show what is going on is she on Smackdown again this week I don't think so or who's the because anyway. she's that'll put her at three of the wildcard <laughs> appearances or the whatever it's called brand to brand appearances but does the brand to brand interferences uh, count only for matches or appearances as well who knows they haven't decided yet. Who knows? They haven't <laughs> decided. Well, if you're counting it as two, her first appearance or her first usage of the rule was an uh, quote appearance, not a match. Her second one was a match. Exactly, yeah. So she's at two, and I think they said she's at two last week, if I remember correctly. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quote me on it. I'm sure it's um, almost keeping spreadsheet for this. Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck it. Um, Anthony, yeah, I, I just want to see Street Profits invite. As much fun as it is to have a bit of levity, a bit of distraction from the in-ring stuff, it's always good to have those kind of segments. It's run its course a bit. Um, let's like, just see them beat each other up. Yeah. The Viking Raiders. Yeah. As soon as they did that yeah. karaoke segment, they were dead to me. And then the next week, they did the scary red smoke promo backstage. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Um... Yeah, no, look, I mean, they're, they're, they're two very entertaining tag teams. And obviously, War Machine are class. They're really, really good in the ring. Uh, Profits are quite good as well. And they're skilled kind of learning their trade on the job, we'll say. But they're, they're quite good. Um, yeah, I don't know. And where the fuck is Bianca Raw Belair? was Raw. Uh, she was on during Becky's segment there. She had a two-second cameo when Becky was pregnant <laughs> backstage. That's it. That's it. She could have been <sighs> Ah, actually, the one, the one, another up I'll give for all this week was uh, Seth Rollins' uh, Monday Night Messiah character took a darker turn, and it was actually somewhat mm. entertaining. Austin Theory joining as a new disciple was quite good, and you can see the the Buddy Murphy kind of tweening element uh, coming into it already, which is kind of cool. Uh, I, I'm enjoying that, and they need to go deeper and darker with it, and it looks like that's where they're going with it, so... Hopefully. How much deeper and darker can you go when Austin Theory is already wearing his Hollywood Hogan jacket? 
No. <laughs> well, let's not talk darker when we're talking Hollywood Hogan, will we? Ooh, boys. Boys. Um, some tea. Too much of that going around this week now, to be fair. Um, mm. Yeah, Raw was all right. You know, it's it was better than most weeks because weeks. it had the crowd. It's been, it's, yeah. yeah. It did a 1.7. The crowd definitely helped it. Did as fuck. Yeah. Um, look, it helps with that crowd. Whatever amount of noise there is, it, it, it's a huge help, I think. It's a little yeah. awkward, but... And uh, there was an update um, from Fightful, actually, today that said that they... Let me just read it here. Like, Even though the finals don't happen for several weeks, WWE did film the Intercontinental Title Tournament Finals uh, this week and were told that the match was unbelievable and legitimately pumped up from a very tired NXT PC crowd that was there to cheer. So whoever makes what, it to the finals the of that tournament... AJ's uh, through. AJ, Jeff Hardy's through. Jeff, Debray and Elias. So it's probably AJ and Brian. I'd say so, yeah. yeah. If you put on a match, that seems to be the obvious match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still think they could have done the thing with um, Sheamus trying to cost Jeff the title in the final, but inadvertently, through incidental contact, ends up winning Jeff the match with a broad kick or something with the ref is down. And then you have Sheamus and Jeff run off with that. But it looks like they're giving it to AJ for something for AJ to do. Taker. Taker is the internet intercontinental champion. Now that could be something. Taker challenging AJ. I don't think he has. I, I <laughs> doubt it. We're looking at the wrong Grand Slam champion. Yeah, because Taker was never anything but in the in main event style spots. I mean, his debut. Even, yeah, know, even he, when they had that thing where both titles were involved, it was Kane ended up with the IC title, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think he's ever had it. That's an interesting one. I'll check now. He's been tag champion and world champion. Yep. I don't think well, he has. He ever been hard? He he was a hardcore champion when he was doing the big evil. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't see. I don't see IC title here or US. Was he your? Was a European champion? That'd be funny. He was not. No, <laughs> damn it, nerds. <laughs> yeah, I never, I just never saw Taker. Taker's always been main event, or you know, the guy that works with the champion. He's, he's, he's never been in that mid card. So that's, that's interesting. And he never had Taker. Never had the uh, natural incline that you have in a career in WWE, yeah, where you move up the ranks. He's just always with the top and never left. <laughs> I shared a video of a Taker interview with uh, Mike Rosenberg that he did in the last few days. Did you see it yet? I, I don't know if you have a look. No, I, I didn't have time. Effectively, it goes back to when he won his, his first title in 91 off Hogan. And how before the match, Hogan said to him, hey, hey man, I'm, uh, I've got a thing in my neck and I'm a bit worried about taking your finish. And Taker's like, Taker's only mid-20s at this stage and he was obviously going up against the golden goose of the company, Hogan, and he was like, yeah, Jesus, man, don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll look after you. Like I, I'll, I'll make sure that nothing goes that nothing goes wrong with it. So the whole day leading up to the pay per view that night, anytime he saw Hogan in the back, Hogan would be like, "Dude, don't you know my neck? Don't forget, you know." Uh, to the point where I was freaking Taker out. And then in the match, obviously they they set up and do the finish, and Taker hits him with the tombstone. As soon as he hits him, he hears Hogan go, "Oh, my neck." And they, they do the finish, do the pin, do the celebration, and Taker's like, "Fuck! What did I do? Did I just fucking did I just kill Hogan? What did I do?" Uh, they go backstage and Taker, "Okay, where's Hogan? Where's Hogan? I need I need to see him." And they're like, "Oh, he's in Vince's office." I was like, "Oh fuck!" So he gets to Vince's office and uh, Hogan's lying down on the floor, 
uh, people all around him. It's like, shit, can I get, hey, how, how are you getting on? And it's like, move, move, move. The paramedics are coming in. And sh- <laughs> sh- Shane then takes, um, take her to the next room, you know, because kayfabe was huge back then. And Shane is like, dude, I, I, I don't know what happened. Like, he, his head was nowhere near the ground. Like, I don't know what happened. And this was in a world where you just can't go up to a, a video camera and, you know, rewind it and play it. It's 1991, I think, at the time, or 92. Uh, so the next time that they were meeting up was Tuesday for um, te- Texas and Tuesday, or what was the pay-per-view on a Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday in Texas. I yeah. Yeah, sure like that, yeah. So for the two days leading up to that, Taker had in his head that he is after breaking the golden goose of WWE, that he had injured Hogan to a point of where he was not going to be able to perform and the company were going to fuck him over as a result. He gets to the tapings anyway in Texas and he meets up with loads of the backstage guys and everyone is saying, geez, man, uh, that was a great match at the weekend. I, I don't know what's up with Hulk. He, he was, his head was nowhere near the canvas. He, he didn't do anything wrong. And Taker was freaking out at this stage because obviously he knew what Hogan had said in the ring, the groaning of the injury. And now he's hearing people telling him that he didn't do anything wrong. So he goes up and watches it back and he's like, shit, that fucking, his fucking head didn't touch any of the canvas. So he's like, fuck, I got to confront him. Like, greenhorn fucking goose shit Taker going up to Hulk Hogan confronting him over something. He's like, oh, fuck me. How is this going to go? So he rocks up to, to Hogan and says, hey, man, look at it. I just want to you know, clear the air and you know, see what, what went down at the the show on Sunday is like I looked back and you know your head was nowhere near the canvas like what's going on he's like yeah brother you know uh, you were just holding me too tight you, know, you were holding me too tight <laughs> when, I, when I landed I couldn't move and Taker's like Are you fucking serious <laughs> so for two days Taker thought that he had fucked up Hogan and apparently this is synonymous with Hogan back then you know that he would just fucking pull an injury or he would do something to fuck someone over like legit style not even this wasn't even a rib this was a fucking legit Oh, you, fu- yeah, you straight fu- it hurt me, like even though he hadn't straight to Vince. Yeah, yeah. So since then, since the early nineties, and I didn't know about this at all, that Taker and Hogan had beef the entire time, that they were professional and courteous, but they had beef, and Taker had never, yeah. never respected them as a performer, but respected them professionally if they ever needed to to work together. That's there's insane. your uh, Hogan politic and stuff there. That's a prime yeah. example of it. It's insane. Like, New guy coming in, the Vince loves and. Vince put up with it. Madness. Uh, it does get me an excuse to play this, though. The great Vince McMahon. Just saw it on my screen there. The great <laughs> Vince McMahon. Um, yeah, I suppose call it a day there, I think. Not really much else to talk about, I don't think. Um, but yeah, uh, Gordo isn't here to do the plugs because he's a lazy shit. And you heard it here first. He said, no, I'm not doing the show this week because I don't want to do the plugs. I That's just heard he was a bollocks. Yeah, um, but as always, um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all of your favorite podcast apps. You know, wherever you're listening now, it'll be right there again for you next week. If any of them like Stitcher or iTunes, Apple, whatever you want to call it, uh, have a rating system, throw us a five star rating because, um, as you know, there are a tremendous amount of wrestling podcasts out there, um, and any and ones like ours that don't have a tremendous amount of listeners could do with any ratings that we can get and help get our name out there because trust me there's a lot of work goes into this you can listen to some other podcasts out there the sound quality won't be as good and things like that but there's a lot of work put into this end so throw it back to us if you can throw us a five star rating 
Um, also available on Wrestling Soup Network with piles of other shows you can also find there. And of course, the Wrestling Soup themselves. Um, they're doing, as we say every week, they're doing a show every day at the moment. So if you've got five bucks to throw their away, you'll get uh, an hour and a half of audio every single day, what they're doing. So it's quite cool. Um, and then we have Canvas Theory. So www.canvastheory.com. Uh, you can use a code AWP. Uh, alleged wrestling podcast for 10% off your entire order they're only shipping to the US at the moment and due to the uh, the monkeys who stole the 5G bat juice from the lab earlier today they will be in Europe after all this dies down so yeah coronavirus bat monkeys are stopping them from selling their hats and shit China 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 but yeah um, good times were had by all I thought Ah yeah, ah yeah, ah yeah. <laughs> so if I could find the new outro long, there it is. <laughs> uh, boys, say good night, oh. Good night, oh.